Welcome to the SpursDynasty.com podcast. Welcome back, Spurs fans, to another episode of the SpursDynasty.com podcast. I'm Trace Ronning, joined by the slightly older Stephen Hale. Stephen, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I feel so old, Trace. I'm aging like <laughs> a bottle of spoiled wine or spoiled milk. I'm, I'm good, though, bud. How are you? Well, I'm good. I'm, I'm feeling good. Um, I just, I just remembered something funny. I mean, this is very different from, from the age that you are. Um, but there's some story the other day, you know, if you're feeling old, uh, there was some story that was floating around the internet the other day about some woman who's about to turn 129 in Russia. Did you see this at all? Oh no. I saw the guy who's going to turn 127. Who's a Spurs fan, but let, let me know about this 129 year old babe. <laughs> Yeah, someone, someone, so it was like the, it was a Daily Mail, that UK newspaper, uh, interviewed this woman, mm-hmm. and uh, they were like, you know, how, how do you feel about turning 129 years old? And she was like, I haven't been happy a single day of my life. Me oh, being no. this old is God's punishment. It's, it's a punishment from God that I've lived this long. <laughs> oh, I did <laughs> see this. Yeah. Yeah, it was I, the most I remember, Russian I remember thing that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, she was like, I've survived <laughs> all of my children. I've survived wars. Everybody dies except for me. It's unfair. Um, so anyway, I hope you don't feel <laughs> that way because that would be very sad. <laughs> and you're not. No, even, I'm, I'm not. You're you're very far away from 129. I'm not there yet. Everything is everything is kosher. Yeah. I'm not there yet. We'll, we'll check in next year. Uh, speaking of next year, uh, we have some players to talk about who may or may not be on the team next year. And mm-hmm. uh, as 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 our listeners are aware now, we've we've been doing some player grades in the off season. So we've talked about yep. some of the mainstays, and and we're getting into a little bit more of the role players. But but I think I think these guys are 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 still pretty serious players. That we're going to talk about tonight. Um, I want to start off with your boy Danny Green. If that's all right with you, I don't know yeah, if your boy sure. I made that up. I love Danny Green. And I do too. Uh, so Danny Green he's had, boy. yeah, he had an, all right, great. He's our boy. He had an interesting year, Stephen. You know, he started the season as a starter as he normally is. And at some point in the season, he kind of got, got pushed back so they could start Patty Mills. And that was kind of weird. And, you know, we're starting like DeJounte Mills and, and, and Patty Mills, sorry, DeJounte Murray. Patty Mills, Dejounte and Danny Mills. Green yeah. coming off the bench. Dejounte Mills, that's my that's their one-two punch. And so Danny Green, I, he, he seemed to take it in stride. I, I I don't know if it was. I would probably disagree that benching Danny Green was the right decision, purely from a defensive perspective. But yep. he he didn't have his best season. I think we can I think we can say that much. I mean, numbers were kind of down across the board for him. His, his three-point percentage slumped another 10, 15 points. His two-point percentage was pretty much the same. His effective field goal percentage, you know, thanks to the drop in threes, went down to sub-500. He's in at 49% there. And, and I, I do, I mean, as much as I, as much as I just said, like I don't think he should have been taken on a starting lineup for his defense. His defense? His defense suffered a little bit this year, I felt. And now that I'm looking at some stuff, like I'm looking, I've looked at his defensive rating, and it's actually exactly the same as it was last year. So mm-hmm. maybe that's just pure perspective when I say stuff like that. But 
I feel like there were a lot of times where he he he, he did his he did his typical Danny Green hustle, make a lot of spectacular defensive plays. But I think maybe this year, more than other years, he he gave up on plays more often than he might not have before, and maybe it all evened out in the end. And maybe it was some frustration of just what was going on with the team and his role. But I don't I don't know what what do you make of him on defense this year? I wasn't super impressed. Yeah, um, I, I'm with you on that. I think as we start to get into these role players in general, and I know that these these are kind of, I guess you would say, key role players for this for this team this year. But I think it's important to remember now, especially that this was a weird year, like all around for all of the Spurs players. I don't think anybody really played a role that they're accustomed to playing. You know, Danny Green has been the shooting guard, the starting shooting guard on this team for what now trace like five six years i mean he's been with the spurs for eight years um you know this is a former former finals mvp or i I, did he win the finals mvp that year i mean he shot lights out in that that was um that was Kawhi. Kawhi won it oh uh, he was he danny was pretty close though he had a pretty good finals this is a guy that can play he was good the ball yeah but he he had a very underwhelming and average year. I don't necessarily say I want to say that it was a bad year. He was down in game started. He, you know, he was down game started. He uh, wound up on the, on the bench towards the end of the season, down in minutes played down in field goal percentage, down in three point percentage, down in free throw percentage. Um, But up in his rebounding up in his block shots as well. And actually trace, Danny Green was up this year in his points per game. So he was just kind of like all over the spectrum. Yeah, it was, it was, you saw some things in Danny's game this year that you can tell that he put in some work in the off season on his like dribbling uh, ability and his way. Like he, he seemed like he was a little bit more aggressive to attack the basket this year. And we all know, you know, what, what we're used to seeing is great on the ball defense and three-point shooting. And I felt like what we saw this year from Danny was not as much on-the-ball defense, but a lot more like chase-down blocks. That's kind of what Danny Green has, like, yeah. I guess, uh, kind of established himself as. He's you know great in the open court. He, he times stuff perfectly. He really kind of has a knack for that. But I didn't feel like his on-ball defense this year was really great. And he didn't shoot the ball very well. Instead, towards the beginning of the year, we were all kind of excited, like, oh, Danny Green's got this new wrinkle in his game where now he kind of, you know, can attack the basket and he goes to the basket, you know, hard and he had a few good dunks. And it was like, wow, this is kind of new, like Danny Green. But what we didn't, what we saw was that almost like replaced his three point shooting. It didn't necessarily add to it. And so it ended up at the end of the year, like being a very, kind of blah season for Danny. Um, very, I, I don't want to say it was bad, but I have to give him a C. It's just a very like average year for Danny. I think what Danny has going for him, Trace, is he's, I've, I've been harping on this all year. I think you have too. He's the, what I think is the best value contract in the NBA, or at least one of them. He gets paid $10 million a year, which is uh, basically nothing for a starting shooting guard in the NBA, especially a three and D guy like that. Um, but, we really need to see Danny green bring back that true three and D atmosphere where you can put him on a, 
a point guard like Steph Curry and he can still handle a switch on a guy like Kevin Durant, you know, he can kind of play the defensively the one to three range. And I just don't really feel like we saw much of that from him. Um, but I still think he's got, you know, a lot of value because of what his contract is. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board. I mean, if, if Danny Green, I, I don't think there's any way that San Antonio lets Danny Green go and, and is able to replace him with somebody that can do the same things that Danny Green can do. And I know Correct. this is all up to Danny, you know, it's, it's up to him if he's going to opt in or out of his contract. And, you know, it's for him career wise, it's, it's probably, I mean, if he wants to maximize his money, it's probably smart of him to, to opt out of this $10 million deal. I don't think, I don't think it's a stretch at all to say that he can make at least another four or 5 million in that next year. If he wanted to on the open market, um, Obviously, I hope that he comes back to San Antonio. And, and you know, like you, well, you, you said, you know, that this thing – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I had a question on that. Are you referring to this summer or are you referring to the following summer? If Danny well, Green – he get more money. He has a, he has a play, Well, he has a – I mean, yeah, he has next summer too. But, I mean, he does have a player option this summer, right? So, if he, if he were to opt uh, not take the player option, he could be a free agent. And make yeah, more than ten million dollars gonna, somewhere other than San Antonio. No, I don't. I think that's where we disagree on Danny. Here is so, and here's why, Trace, because uh, I want to provide some justification. The cap's not going to jump very much this year. I think they released the numbers, and I think it's going to stay right around the same dollar amount, right around that ninety-nine million. And the following year, it's projected to jump up to 107, 108. I don't have the numbers directly in front of me. But the big jump is going to be going into the 2019-2020 season. Um, And I think right now, there's not a lot of money out there. And I think that that bodes well for Danny Green opting in and keeping that $10 million. Because I don't think, I I just don't, I don't think there's a lot of teams that are going to go and give Danny Green 12, 14 million dollars a year this summer. I think that's more realistic maybe for him next summer, but I, I, I think he's, I actually think he's better served. We'll talk about Rudy Gay's options here in a minute, but I think he's better served to actually opt in this summer, get that $10 million because if he opts out, he's really, he's really betting on himself there. Yeah. We don't, you know, it's, I would, I'd be interested to know if, you know, teams are reaching out or if he's, if he's heard anything, but it's, you know, I, I, I agree with you that the bigger the chance for a bigger payday, like long-term is next summer, but who knows what someone might offer him this summer. I'm going sure. to, sure to rate him. I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a C plus. I'm going to get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I was, I was on the C minus to C plus scale all day. I'm going to give him a C plus mm-hmm. okay. simply because he, he was, his role, like, I mean, I don't want to give everybody an out this year just because Kawhi Leonard didn't play, but his role shifted a lot. And while yeah. it would have been nice to see him be more of a, a scorer, I, his, his whole career he has been, you know, he's, he's like a better Patty Mills in the sense that, like, he was a spot-up shooter, but he could also play amazing defense. And that's kind of where Patty was lacking. So, that's, you know, that's how, kind of, that's how Danny Green became a starter. You know, when we first yeah. got him starting, he was, he was fine, like offensively, but he was really out there because he could guard the, the opposing teams, uh, small forward, shooting guard, wing players, whoever it was. So 
since he was kind of thrust into a weird position and, you know, hopefully we'll not have that weird situation next year. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give him a C plus. He passes because he has a great contract because he still plays hard defense. And because in that first game they played against golden state this season in the same play, he shook off Curry and Durant while he drove to dunk on him. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. I'm going to give him a C plus for that. Yeah, I agree. That was the, that was the new element to his game that did work. Let me ask you this question about Danny green. Trace. So I, I feel like um, I feel like with Kawhi Leonard going out of the lineup for most of the season, that obviously put a wrench in the scoring um, and in the ability for the Spurs to score. And I think that meant that's why Patty Mills was put into that starting lineup because he's a little bit more electric. I don't want to say that he's just a pure scorer, but he's a little bit more electric. DeJounte Murray is not able to shoot the ball on a consistent basis. And so where you kind of had to sacrifice a little bit of Danny Green's defense for Patty Mills' offense, um, was, that was kind of the, the, the trade-off here. So here's the question. Let's assume everything works out with Kawhi Leonard, and we'll talk about that on another podcast. But Kawhi Leonard comes back to the Spurs. LaMarcus Aldridge is there. Is Danny Green in the starting lineup? Like, is, is the team moving forward with the team as is, assuming, you know, migrate away from your free agents for a second. But is Danny Green the starting shooting guard for the San Antonio Spurs team? Or is it like, God forbid, Derek White time? I mean, or does Patty Mills stay in that role? I mean, that, I think that's kind of the weird spot for me is where is he a starter or is he, is he kind of fallen out of the rotation a little bit. I think besides Kawhi Leonard, he's, I think Danny Green's your starter, especially for the reason you mentioned, like you can, you can sub in Patty Mills for a spark on offense or, you know, a, a different flavor of offense. And, and that, and that'll be, and that'll work. But I th- I just think, I just think Danny Green is too valuable defensively, especially yeah. with, with him. Like, if, especially if you're going to like, let's like, look at the team that, Antonio would have to beat if they want to win anything next year. It's going to be it's going to be the Rockets. It's going to be Golden State, primarily in the West. And if you don't have two guys on the court who can defend Curry yeah. and 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 um, and geez, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant. Durant I forgot his name. If you can't if you can't at least put some bodies on both of those players that are like tall enough, long enough, and strong enough to at least disrupt them, then you're you're just you're just asking for a lot. And Patty Mills, you know, for all, like I've seen him try his little heart out on some box outs and it's, it's great. You know, I, I love the effort, but he's, he's, he's just yeah, not the kind of guy five. who can defend Kevin. He, yeah. He can't switch. He can't like Kawhi Leonard and yeah. Danny green could switch on Kevin Durant and, and Steph Curry. And they would both be in a better position than, yeah. Yeah. Than anybody else on the Spurs roster to cover those guys. So it's, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer to me that Danny Green stays in the starting lineup unless, you know, I don't, I don't even know what shooting guards are available in the in free agency. But I, I, I would see, even if, even if San Antonio signed J.J. Redick, and I hope they don't because I hate J.J. Redick, I would still <laughs> prefer to see Danny Green in the starting lineup. Yeah, I still think if there's a way that you can have DeJounte Murray, Danny Green, and Kawhi Leonard as your starting front court, that's a that's a pretty good defensive starting unit right there. Yeah. 
I see it. I would love, let's see it next year. So uh, speaking of guys that have a player option this summer, that brings us to Rudy Gay, your runaway Rudy favorite Gay. for sixth man of the year. Uh, what yes, what happened to that one? Man, I, I thought, I got to tell you, man, I, I, I've been very critical of uh, RC Buford and coach Popovich this year and their player management. But this was a signing that the Spurs got this offseason that I thought was a great signing. Um, Rudy Gay rehabbed like, like crazy, like Kobe Bryant from his Achilles uh, injury. And I thought he was off to a pretty good start, Trace. Um, I, I wanted him to be the sixth man of the year. Um, I didn't, I didn't know how realistic that would have been, but I thought that he got off to a great start until he had that heel injury in December. Um, he, that, that I think is interesting for Rudy Gay, that heel injury. Um, I don't know, I guess if Rudy Gay had have had the season that I was hoping that he would have had, I don't think that we would see Rudy Gay in a Spurs uniform next year. But because he had that injury, and like I said about Danny Green, because he's got um, you know a player option in a year where the salary cap is really not raising, um, I you know Rudy can opt into eight point eight million this year. I, I don't. I think I think that's about the right number that you should expect for him this year. But I don't know that other teams are just going to be running to sign, you know, a a Rudy Gay coming off of an Achilles injury that's also coming off of another heel injury, didn't play another full season. It just makes sense for him to just stay and do it another year. And Trace, I thought he was a pretty darn good spur too, man. Like he seemed to really like gel quickly. I thought David Lee gelled really quickly, quickly with the Spurs team. Um, and I felt like Rudy Gay really kind of just blended very well with this team. And I, I really loved him this year, Trace. And I think all things considered, I'm giving him a B, uh, a B plus on this. And I know that's a really high grade to give a guy who played in only, what did he play in? Uh, he played in 57 games. Played in 57 games. So that's a high score to give a guy that played in 57 games. But he was productive and he was also pretty, a lot of times he was the only guy that could score for the Spurs. Um, and I, I, I liked him this year, man. I really hope that he opts in, Trace. I really do. I'd like to see him back with the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, I, 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 liked, him most, I liked him for most of the season, too. And I, I, was, I was really bummed out by the heel injury because, you know, it's like you said, you know, he was really starting to gel with the team, and then he got the heel injury, and then he's out for however long he was out for. I, I, I'm almost surprised that he played 57 games. Like I'm, I'm like I'm almost wondering if that yeah. number is wrong. Like I'm sure I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's right, but like it just seems like he played in way fewer games than that. So I mean, it was just he had he, he basically had two ramp up periods, right? Like he had the start of the season to ramp up and like get 30 games in with the guys, and he's out. And then he yeah. like comes back at the end of the season and he has to like ramp up again. And not only does he have to ramp up make sure he's over this heel injury, um, learn how to play basketball with this group of guys again. And then they have to like get thrust right into the playoffs. And, you know, he had, right. he, he kind of had to be, he had to be like the third option for, for several stretches yeah. uh, during the playoffs run. And, and I don't know. I mean, that's, 
that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I don't think it's I don't think it was ideal for San Antonio because the team they were playing has a third option named Clay Thompson. So uh, it's yeah. it's, it's not really apples to apples when you're looking at you know where the scoring is going to come from. But interestingly enough, you know Rudy Gay. So his per thirty six point uh, hit was nineteen point two this season, which is it's actually higher than his career average, and like you know it's pretty it's it's pretty on par with what he had done before he got hurt in, in like the previous yeah. four or five seasons. So I think, I think you, if you extrapolate that over 82 games or however many he would play, you know, I'm sure there'll be rest days, but uh, let's say 70, 72 games. And then, and then not only that, but you, you get him like feeling more comfortable playing with the Spurs, getting, getting things right in that system. And, Maybe shooting less threes, man. I got so irritated, especially I, I didn't notice it as much in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he just—I felt like he was just like, oh, "I'm gonna jack up a three. And, and yeah, part of it was because like the ball, the ball, the ball movement was awful, and he probably also was kind of like, "Well, shit, someone's got to try and score, so I guess I'll try and shoot a three over here." But it was—it was a bad yeah. look. I didn't—I didn't like that at all. I—I I don't think that's—that's that's never his—that's never been his game. He's a career thirty-four percent like three-point shooter. So, you know, maybe maybe in the late eighties, nineties that would have been, you know, pretty acceptable for a guy in his position. But that's that's not the game now. You need it, you know, and maybe, and that's that's part of a larger flaw, the San Antonio roster in general. It's just it's just not guys that are really out there meant to right. shoot three. Um right. which makes it hard to compete. But but I was I enjoyed Rudy. I thought I thought his defense was pretty good when he was out there and he was healthy. He I will i I'll say this. There are there were Spurs that were a detriment almost every time they were on the court this season, and and Rudy Gay Stephen was not one of those Spurs for yeah. you know majority of his well minutes said. on the court. So yeah, well for that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a B minus though. Uh, there's I, I think okay. he I think maybe some maybe something he'll work on. You know, I read an interview with him uh, earlier this week or last week where he was just talking about how. You know, this this season was about adjusting to playing with the Spurs for him, and that next season he kind of wants to kind of wants to bring more of what his game is about, but like fit it into the Spurs right. system better. If that, and, and I think that kind of makes sense. You know, at this it's like a a much lesser scale of what happened to Lamarcus Aldridge in his first couple of years, uh, because he's not a starter; he doesn't have to really force himself into that. But I think yeah. I think I think if if Rudy spends this off season, you know. Just working on how to make his game work work with the San Antonio system. I think he'll I think he'll be a really good spur next year. But I'm I'm still going to give him a B minus for now. Final answer. That's just fair. B minus. B minus. Yeah. I mean that's that's fair. And I, I'm with you about Rudy in the playoffs. I thought he shot way too many threes, and it was it was a mess. I I just I'm bummed, Trace, that we didn't obviously get to see him play side by side with Kawhi Leonard. I think that what Rudy Gay brought to the Spurs team was a dynamic that a potential for a dynamic that they've never had before in playing a true, like small ball lineup. Um, and we, we talked already about the front court of, you know, you put in uh, DeJounte Murray and Danny green and Kawhi Leonard out there. But if you were able to move Rudy Gay to the four and LaMarcus Aldridge at the five, I mean, you're still not, you're not like the death lineup where you can switch at all five positions, but you can get pretty close. 
And Rudy Gay, you know, he's he's six eight two thirty, man. Like he can play power forward in in the NBA in two thousand and eighteen, maybe not nineteen ninety nine, but the way the game has changed, he's a true stretch four man. And I would really like I think a healthy Rudy Gay with uh, with a with a, Ka- a Kawhi Leonard in there as well as Danny Green. I, I think Rudy Gay should be the starter on this team at the four position. Um, I don't think that we're going to see that because I don't think that Popovich is ever going to start a small ball lineup, but man, that, that lineup of those five guys, Murray, Green, Leonard, Rudy Gay, and LaMarcus Aldridge sounds like a lot of fun, man. Could, could be a lot of potential out of that. I hope he opts in, opt in Rudy. He's, he's opting in. I mean, right. Don't you, there's no way he's, he's opting out. He didn't play. He didn't play or impress nearly enough last year to, to opt out, which is, yeah. which works out. No good one's, for no us, one's gonna considering how, no one's how gonna give him. Yeah, no one's gonna give him more than eight point eight million dollars after playing fifty-seven games and coming off two injuries. Like, I, I love Rudy, but that's that's not gonna happen. So, I'm like ninety-five percent sure that he's gonna opt in. Yep, right there with you. Sweet. All right, so you gave him a B plus. I gave him a B minus. And I think I think you and I might finally have have a little bit of a disagreement on our next player. Oh yeah, my boy, I'm ready. my boy. If 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 Danny was your boy, Kyle Anderson. He's not boy. mine. I I know. Yeah, he's he's not your boy. I love slow mo, man. I I think I spent the first entire few years of his career talking about how I never wanted to see him again. But the last the last few. <laughs> I've I've come to I've I've really I've turned around man I've I've really come to love Kyle Anderson, and I, I'll tell you why I'll tell you why I love Kyle Anderson. It's because I know he's slow and I know that he's he's never gonna like take over a game and I don't I don't I don't want to see that out of Kyle Anderson. I don't I don't see Kyle Anderson on the court and think here we go baby death lineups out there. But I just he's he's just so sneaky man like. He he averaged 1.6 steals a game this year, which is like way more than he's ever done in his life. Probably uh-huh. he, yeah, he got he got more rebounds. Obviously, he got more playing time. He started for Kawhi Leonard for a lot of the season. He started 67 games, uh, averaged 27 minutes, and you know his his average points was only 7.9. But like I said, that's not really what he's out there for. I just feel like Kyle Anderson was just always, he's just, despite being slow, he's just like always in position for, for something good to happen. Like he, he knows, he knows his body really well, I guess is the weird way to put it. And, and man, like when when they're playing Golden State, I was just like, put Kyle on Durant, man. Just put Kyle on Durant. He'll, he'll find a way to frustrate him. Like he'll, he'll let, he'll let Kevin Durant blow past him, but then I'll just like, poke his finger out there and, and suddenly like the ball will be in DeJounte Murray's hands and, and Durant won't even know it hit him. He's, 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 he's a slow and stealthy assassin. I, I very much, I very much want him to come back next year and return to the kind of role where he plays, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes a game. I would say 15 minutes is probably a good place for him to be uh, spelling, spelling Rudy Gay, spelling, Kawhi Leonard and just kind of, you know, it's a change of pace that's mostly forced because he, he only has one speed and that speed is slow. But I, I don't know, man. I like, I don't want to say he's like a glue player on the San Antonio roster, but I just, 
I just am impressed with his ability to, to overcome his shortcomings on speed and just always – he seems to be – he's always in position to just, like, get in somebody's way when they want to drive to the rim or pick up an offensive board or or, or defensive board. He's just – just my guy, man. I don't know. I like Kyle Anderson. Uh, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a grade after you talk. See if you can change my opinion. But I would love to hear about why you hate Kyle Anderson so much. Are you done? I'm. I didn't. I didn't know how much yeah, longer I'm that done. was gonna go. Are you done standing for Kyle Anderson? I mean, I'm never done about standing a guy. for Kyle Anderson. But I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna let you talk. <laughs> We're talking about a guy here that can't hit the broadside of a barn with a rifle and, or with a shotgun, sorry. And I just botched that phrase. Can't hit the broadside of a barn with a shotgun. Um, he can't shoot at all, Trace. And they got so bad in the, in the Warrior series where they just, they were not guarding him. And Kyle knew that they, they weren't going to guard him. And at one point he was wide open in the corner, like wide open. I don't even know if the Warriors were on the court. He was that open. And he shot it into the side of the backboard, man. Like, I have guys that do that at my rec <laughs> league at the local YMCA. Like, that's inexcusable. And I get that he is a six foot nine, like, lanky defender, and there's value in that. I don't want to diminish that from Kyle. But I feel like he got super, super lazy this year. And what he started to rely on, instead of moving his feet, and keeping his hands down and contesting shots and being in the right position, um, which is what got him minutes last year, Kyle started relying on this ridiculous, like, okay, I know this guy's faster than me. I'm going to let him go by me and then try and reach around and wrap around my hand around his body and slap the ball from behind him. And that's like lazy defense. I mean, it's great when it works, but you learn that in like AAU basketball, like that's lazy defense. And we saw a lot of that from Kyle. We did see him get some like steals this year on the ball steals. You know, he's pretty good about getting that crossover steal. If the, if the ball handler, you know, leaves it up too high, but we saw a lot of fouls go that way too. And the Spurs are not a team that likes to foul. I just, you know, I feel like we've given him enough time in the oven to cook. You know, you and um, you and uh, Brantley have been singing his praises for a long time. And I let my guard down this offseason, and I got excited about Kyle Anderson. And he burned me this year, Trace. He just didn't progress like I wanted him to. Um, I, I don't have it in my heart to give him an F because I think that he's better than an F player. But he's been given a qualifying offer, or I think he'll get extended his qualifying offer and will probably become a restricted free agent. But his qualifying offer is $3.2 million, Trace. I don't know that the Spurs are going to want to pay him much more, much more than that in a long-term deal, especially not knowing what may or may not happen with Kawhi Leonard. Um, Trace, I give him a D plus this year. Uh, I think that's about as high as I can go. I can't give him a C, even a C minus. Um, I want to be nice and leave him away from the F because he does have some, I don't want to imply that like he's a terrible basketball player. Like I'm not saying that, but he's certainly underperformed this year. He did not progress like I wanted him to progress. The guy needs a shot or he's going to be out of the league in like five years. Maybe that's too strong. Guys can, guys can make a living playing defense, but he's got to do something, man, because, you know, he's very easy to figure out. And I'm just not a, I'm not a Kyle Anderson stand like you, Trace. So that's your boy, and you're going to have to deal with him moving forward. 
he's my boy. You're going to have to deal with him going forward, too, because he's going to be a spur next year. Um, <laughs> oh, I no. just want to say one thing. And, yeah, okay, I will I will agree with you on – I don't ever want to see Kyle Aronson shoot a three again because I almost threw up when he, when he, when he, when he took that shot that you described earlier. Yeah, there, he almost there wasn't a, a warrior with 20 feet of him. Yeah. <laughs> He was over four in the postseason from three. If that, if you find that hard to believe, uh, then I don't know what to tell you. But or too many. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm optimistic that the Kyle Anderson on a healthy Spurs team is going to be more of a David Lee than a, a pumpkin. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that even. I don't even know if that means anything. But he was. <laughs> He's gonna, he's gonna be, he's he's gonna, he's gonna be more like a David Lee kind of player when when he has a healthy team around him, and and I'm I'm cool with that. I, I like David Lee. I'm sad. I'm sad David Lee had to retire thought... because San Antonio wouldn't give him a gear deal. Man, come on, really? Yeah, I know. Another another knock against yeah. RC and Greg Popovich on that one right there. But who knows? Yeah, Maybe they'll be smart. So and they'll I'm give, give Kyle Anderson like fifteen million dollars a year this off season if we're lucky. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to do that, but I'm going to give Kyle Anderson $15 million worth of love from my heart. And as for a grade, I'm going to give him a C plus. I'm going to give him a C plus. But I'm going to be, but I'm going to be a harder grader than you thought I was going to be. I'm sure. C plus. Kyle Anderson. I mean, I just, I get it, but man, what is, what real value is he bringing to this first team trace? Like, what value is Kyle Anderson bringing to the San Antonio Spurs that makes them better than another player that they could get at his same, at, at like his same like yearly value? I mean, what he's in like his third year, fourth year, something like that. Especially I just I, yeah. he's he's just he's just a very very like average player who we talk about as you know Spurs fans as having a, like a, a a ton of potential, but. It's just un, it's unmet potential. So how long do we how long do we drag this on? Like how long do we pretend that? All right, let's be patient and see if we can get Kyle Anderson to develop here. I feel like that his window is closed. Uh, two more years. Two more, two years. more years. You're ready. You're you're gonna ride with him. You're gonna stand for Kyle Anderson for two more years. I will. Yeah, I will. Wow. No, I mean, no I, question. I gotta next give you, next summer, you, you stick can, with your gun. You can make fun of me all you want. <laughs> oh, I, I will. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to make it known. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go like jazz Twitter on you and tell you that Kyle Anderson is a better small forward than, <laughs> uh, than I don't know. I'm not even going to tell you that Kyle Anderson is a better small forward than than, than Brandon Ingram. But I'm definitely not going to say he's a better small forward than, oh. Man, I can't even think of a good Jeff comparison. Green. Jeez, this is how. Would you rather have Kyle Anderson Jeff or Jeff Green? Kyle Anderson. Okay, let me see if I can. Let me let's let's go over a a quick a quick list of these guys real fast. Um, let's see if I can find one here. I, I want I want to find a, a good one for you. Um, how about Nick Stock Stockus? Would you rather have Nick Stockus or Kyle Anderson? Didn't expect to get put on the spot like this. Kyle Anderson. I'm telling you. Kyle Anderson? Okay, how about 
Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, I'm gonna have to think about this for how about a few how about seconds. Noah Rondé? Like, Rondé, give me give me give me Rondé. Okay, how about Noah Vonley? Vonley, uh, give me Kyle Anderson. How about Rodney Hood? Ooh, I, I take Rodney Hood. I mean, I'm telling you, man. Like, like that's the kind of that's the kind of category that 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 we're looking at looking at here, man. I just I think that there's other players of his of his caliber, Stanley Johnson. Like, these are guys where you're like, yeah, I'd take the, those guys over Kyle Anderson in a heartbeat. I just I'm I like the guy. He's he's sweet as can be. I'm sure, but it ain't for me, bud. That's all you. I mean, I don't th- I don't think you're gonna get. I don't Kyle, like Rodney Hood. I know is not making very much money right now on his rookie deal, but he's going to get way more than you can than you can pay to get Kyle Anderson. And so, if you're telling me that it's that you know we could get that that cutting Kyle Anderson, not cutting, not signing Kyle Anderson means that Rodney Hood comes over, then then I then you know I I take my my pleasant memories of Kyle Anderson and I welcome Rodney Hood with welcome open arms. All right, so Simple then let's so then let's, not, so then let's. Let's switch this scenario right here. Let's say that the, there's been some talk, and I don't, I don't want to go too deep into the draft analytics of this, but let's pretend for a second that Kyle Anderson uh, is a small forward that you have an option for to look forward to in the future, or the Spurs are sitting at 18 this year in the draft, and Michael Porter Jr. comes available, and he's in that range. And are you more comfortable with Michael Porter Jr., or are you more comfortable with Kyle Anderson? I mean, why does why does it have to be? <laughs> I, I'm um, well, I mean, if you take you take Michael Porter Jr., I mean, that's kind of the signal to Kyle, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm, I, I I probably take a flyer on Michael Porter Jr. And then, like three weeks later, when Kyle Anderson still doesn't have a job, we get him on the league minimum. Best of both worlds. Yeah. That's fair. Look, I mean, look, I, I, I agree. I, I, I totally agree with you in every, like, in every sense of, like, the, the, not believing in Kyle Anderson on any other team in the league. Like, I don't, I just don't, I just don't see a lot of other teams going after Kyle Anderson. And, and I, and I think that's, that's probably right for them. Like, but I, I, I don't know. I just, I just, I said this gut feeling that's probably stupid that the Kyle Anderson is going to be, I don't know, like, Mario Ellie, is that a good comparison? Mario Ellie. What if he turned out? If he turned out to be Mario Ellie, would you be happy or sad? Um, I would be a little bummed about that. I feel like there's there's more there's more players that I would rather have than a Mario Ellie. But I mean, Mario Ellie didn't have a horrible career, but I think that the I think that the expectations um, for Kyle are a little bit ha- higher than. Hey man, you should just be Mario Ellie. You know what I mean? Like we we touted him pretty high. Yeah. No, he was a, he was a he was a big prospect, but don't knock Mario Ellie, three-time NBA champ, dude. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I can't. I three-time NBA champ. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, um sorry for dragging that on to some weirdness there at the end. I do think we're running out of time, so I'm going to wrap this up. Steven, thank you, as always, for joining me to talk about the Spurs. 
Looking forward to our next series of rankings. And yes, Spurs sir. fans, remember, oh, sorry. Uh, remember to uh, look for our podcast on TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate us and only rate us highly. If you want to submit any questions, yeah. suggestions, things you want to hear us talk about, podcast at SpursDynasty.com is the place to send those questions, and one of us will get back to you about it. And finally, you can follow both Stephen and myself and Spurs Dynasty on Twitter. Uh, Stephen is at the Hailstone. I am at Dinner underscore dog. And it's S-A underscore Spurs Dynasty for the Spurs Dynasty official account. So thank you for joining us on this edition of the Spurs Dynasty podcast. And as always, go Spurs, go. Go.